only exactly. way that people find out is like when they meet their parents or they talk to them they're like wait you're not from ontario like you're mm-hmm. from where's nova scotia like what exactly. is exactly i get so that all the time right especially for me i lived there and you know i adapted to the culture so people identify me as a pickering guy i'm like yo i'm right. definitely not these guys i'm from yeah. north preston you google it right yeah. but it had to take for them to get to know me because when i played basketball pickering was on my chest but you had to get to know me and meet my parents to know okay shoot this guy is a whole different and his culture where he's from is way different than this place right so that's a major point for sure yes sir all right yo yo what's happening what's up what you guys saying man just just another day that's exactly the same as it was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Join the club, bro. Join the club. We're in, we're in some different times right now. How you been holding up? For the most part, pretty good. You know, we're, um, as far as business goes, we're considered considered essential. So, I mean, we're still able to operate. Yeah, um, yeah the main thing is just trying to freaking stay safe and tech, you know, employees and customers, right? So, I can only imagine the headache. We, we've, we've talked to a couple of uh, business owners. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they kind of have the same, the same outlook on it. But in their head, they're like, everyone's experiencing this. It's, it's not just us, right? Exactly. Exactly. But they're, uh, they're trying to find new ways to, like, still bring in bring in revenue and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I, I, I can't go a day without seeing someone post a story of R&B Kitchen. <laughs> looking all that. Cool. Yeah, man. It's coming along, man. It's, it's kind of taking off. You know, quicker but, uh, than than expected, right? But of good, course, good problem to have. Of course. Well, this is uh, this is episode fifteen, uh, so we appreciate having you on. And uh, I don't know how well you and Will know each other, but like, the 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 way I know you is, uh, from basketball Nova Scotia, and like the very first time was was the team. I think it was U fourteen, yeah. and we we had tryouts and stuff, and then. Before we even pra- had a practice or something, you were off to Toronto. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. That's so, like you. You took off. Obviously, I want to kind of dive in there, but like, uh, mm-hmm. Will, if you if you have any like kind of opening uh, opening remarks. Mm. Well, obviously, I, I I heard about him coming up playing basketball in the city. Obviously, being a little bit a little bit older, I never really had the chance to to like get to know you like on a, on a real personal level or anything. Mm-hmm. Like that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously we've run into each other a little bit more as you've been back in the city with uh, St. Mary's and kind of with your businesses. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm going to like ask more questions on a personal level later on, but I just want to touch on one thing right away, right off rip, kind of what you said about your business is essential. You guys are open. How, I don't like how has the the media and the government affected anything? I know you're you're from North Preston, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I just yep. know that this is a pressing topic, and I reposted, I reshared something um, the other day because I watched the press conference when they kind of uh, came at North Preston a bit. Well, yeah, the, the premier did. Like he and and Tristan and I talk about this all the time about delivery words, the way you say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has that affected your business or has that affected your life in any way in terms of like going like doing anything mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. or what? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think first personally, um, you know, it definitely has some effect just in, you know, we're we kind of consider ourselves community leaders and a lot of the work we do 
is within the community. So, you know, right now my brother Cravel and my partner, um, he's kind of on the front lines of, of dealing with this COVID issues from, you know, setting up the health clinics and um, dealing with the people. And I'm kind of on the back end, just giving him a hand wherever needed. Uh, so those, those comments definitely, you know, create a lot of issue, create a lot of division within the community, people pointing fingers, people looking for apologies, a lot of things that, you know, in, in my mind is like, the, the comments were messed up and, you know, definitely not needed. Um, but, you know, we got a bigger fight in our, on our hands right now is the COVID. We got, you know, a lot of cases in the community. What he said was, was true, just the delivery, like you said, um, was the issue, right? So, you know, we're here trying to fight COVID and then we get these remarks and now the, the shift of people's minds focus on, well, the premier and all this stuff, right? So we kind of lost sight there. Um, and that's kind of, again, on a personal level, the amount of calls that we've been getting from people, you know, because people kind of see us as an arm to reach out to people in, in, in those worlds, right? So, you know, that that piece. And then as far as the business goes, uh, I don't think we've seen much of an impact. One, smooth meal prep um, is kind of faceless. So, you know, I think from the start, I never really wanted to put my face on it or say it's a North Crescent business or, okay, okay. and that's for different reasons. Uh, yeah. We can get into that later on. Yeah. But so, you know, that piece, I don't think people really made a connection of smooth meal prep North Preston. Um, R&B Kitchen, we're pretty loud about it. Like, this is us, this is North Preston. You know, we're, we're representing the hood and all that stuff. Um, but again, I think it's a for us, by us situation. And the hood's buying the meal. So they're not really looking at the the media and saying, oh, we think differently of them. It's like, you know, we, we know they who they are. We know what's really happening. Uh, so that piece and then other people the food is just freaking delicious so i don't even think i don't even think that really it didn't really even phase right so not not too much on the business side but just a good question for sure nice one okay so like and and like we said i definitely want to touch on where like where the origins of of those businesses came from and like how how you ventured from an athlete into like entrepreneur and, and wanting to be a business but just to kind of go back to how I said that summer you, you were, you were here and then all of a sudden it, it seemed like your life shifted and mm-hmm. you were off to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, like you went from Toronto, you went from Scotia to Toronto and then, and then you went away for high school in the States and then you yep. did, it, it called kind of just like, take us through that, the, the journey of back when you were 14 or 13 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. idea of saying, okay, like I'm always going to rep home. Yeah, Preston's home, Scotia's home, but like I need to get out of here to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think for me, um, it kind of started the the summer before. So I mean, I was like 13. Um, my brother came back home after being in Toronto, and you know he really just put a fire in me of uh, wanting to be the best basketball player I could be. I remember it was a tournament where Eastern Commerce, like the super national yeah. team, came down home. And, like, we played them and stuff. So, like, I was one of the youngest guys. They, all these guys are, like, grade nine. I was in grade six. And I went up there and played real good. And they're like, man, this guy got to be the best grade six in Canada. So, once I heard that, I'm like, shit, like, all right. I always knew I was good around sports and shit. But once I heard that, I'm like, all right, I might really got some something to do with this. Um, so, again, the next summer, my brother came home and we started training. Um, and, you know, he's always been a guy that um, a mentor to me and always been someone who, you know, top of the food chain wants us to get to the best that we can get to. So we sat down and he's like, you know, all right, let's write out your dream. You know, and we, we looked at the, the day I'd be eligible for the draft. It was like 2018 or something. I missed it two years ago. So we wrote, we're like, you know, in 2018, I'm going to enter the NBA draft. And I was like 12 years old here. Mm. So we're looking at like 10 years forward. 
Um, so then we, we made a plan of all the stuff I got to do every day to get there. So again, we started training. I started running before school and just really trying to take my game to the next level at age 12. Um, so then that summer I went to Toronto, um, hooked up with like Coach Rowe and Grassroots and, and started playing on um, Scarborough Blues and just putting myself in that environment, seeing how I measure up with other Toronto, with, you know, the top of the top in Canada. And, you know, I measured up pretty well and, you know, went to the States a couple of times. Um, so I was in grade eight then, so I might have been 13. So then when I came back home, I'm like, all right, next year, grade nine, uh, high school starts in grade nine, I'm going to Toronto. Um, my uncle lived in Pickering, so I could go to Pickering High School, and it all kind of fit fit well. Um, so yeah, I remember that summer with, with uh, BNS. I always wanted to play for BNS, you know, and like any other Nova Scotia baller. Um, so I believe the year before I tried out for the U15, I was like 13, got cut. I was pretty angry, but you know, I was playing against guys, AJ Simmons and the guys, two mm -hmm. years old. He was a point guard then, right? So that summer I really wanted to play. So, you know, I remember um, trying to and made the team and you and you guys and a couple other guys, I can't remember, but all of our age group was, was on like that Le team. It was like Levi and John. Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly, exactly, exactly. So all of us. Um, and then, again, I was I was planning on going away for the for the next school year, so I also had to go away back with Coach Rowe and them for AAU. And the, the schedules just con conflicted, and, you know, we couldn't really figure out how to – I wanted to like do half of BNS, half of right, right, but, um, but AU, but yeah, I couldn't. You say go ahead. I just said you 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 had to choose between the two. Yeah, like, exactly. I had to make the choice, right? So limit to the exposure that you get. Exactly. So you know, I kind of made a decision to 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 go mm. do the AAU thing, um, and again, kind of missed a piece of playing BNS. But long story short, yeah, grade nine, I got to Pickering High School, um, played senior. So I was one of the first guys since Corey Joseph at that school to play on the senior team. Um, so like senior and JV, if you, you guys know what that means. Um, and I started on the senior team next year, grade 10. I played about one game and then I went to Huntington Prep. Huntington Prep right. called. They were looking for a point guard. My AU coach like, hey, we got a guy that's, that's ready to go. So literally like Tuesday, I was in school at Pickering High, meeting the girls, doing the thing there. The next day, I get a call, like drive down to Huntington right now, and come start your whole new new right, career, that, right? That was like that. Huntington was was a powerhouse because so I remember when you made that jump from Canada to to the U.S. because it was right around the same time. I think you might have been a year older than me, but mm -hmm. that's the same the same time when I went to the states. I went mm. to high school, and yeah, yeah. Kind of in my eyes, like you were the first kind of person that definitely around my age group and what, whether or not in general that kind of left home to like chase this dream. Right. So, yeah. so I was definitely, I was definitely always following you. Um, and we, we just had a few episodes ago, we had Nate Darling on mm -hmm. and, and he was saying how in the same sense, uh, Lindell was kind of that figure for him. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and where I mentioned like you, um, what was Huntington like? Because that was that was where like Wiggins was playing, mm -hmm. uh, X was playing. Like this was a powerhouse, right? Yeah. And for yeah. Someone like you, it's almost like Lenny going to Oak Hill. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, for me, man, it was crazy. I remember I got the call like you know Huntington Prep, and I remember watching these guys on YouTube, Andrew Wiggins. Again, it was like seven Canadians there, and they were like the top seven Canadians mm -hmm. in Canada, right? If that makes sense. And then um, 
you know, just in general, Huntington was like ranked top five. Right. Um, so, so going there was huge, you know, first of all, everything's paid for. Right. So like, and the guy coming from the hood and not having much. And, you know, we lived with host families there that, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of other words, they took care of us, whether it was Jordan's beats by dread headphones, whatever, right. um, we're sponsored by Nike. So all that shit was just like, Whoa, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much at a, division one school in, in high school right um so so you know that piece and then you know other than that um you know the hoopla around andrew wiggins the number one player hoop mixtape you know a million views and shit so every game is sold out you know we're playing in front of five thousand people after the games we're signing autographs for hours right so again i'm 15 years old you know live, living an nba like kind of kind of life where you know we're traveling all across the states um so yeah just that that you know hype piece around that and then you know as far as the basketball stuff goes um you know a major challenge just you're getting a young guy so i'm in grade 10 um i'm the youngest on the team and i'm competing for for a spot competing with minutes and i'm playing against guys every day in practice that are going to florida state next year kentucky you know the top top schools in the states right so that that piece was a, was a challenge for me just trying to fight to get on the court for sure. um and i think you know again long story short i ended up Kind of my second year, you know, more guys are continuing to come in. Didn't really gel with the coach. Just didn't really get the shine how I wanted to. Um, and, and then, you know, all of the guys that I came in with because I was younger, they all left. So yeah. all Andrew and them were older. Um, yeah. Right. So then I kind of decided to, to come back to Canada and, and, and do my work there. Right. Did, did at any point while you were there, um, did your goals shift or did reality start start setting in um like because i know and i'm only speaking from personal experience because mm-hmm. my goal was to go to the states and, and all i all i wanted to do was shoot for the stars and go d1 mm-hmm. d1 d1 mm-hmm. and it wasn't around until uh my grade 12 year where i i had a i had a bunch of d2 offers and of course d3 but like that, mm-hmm. that d1 there and i was left with the option of okay like i i'm in grade 12 i graduate i either go to university next year or i do an extra year of prep school in connecticut in one of the mm-hmm. nepsack leagues and mm-hmm. i at that point I, I i began to have conversations with family friends uh, yeah. mentors guidance counselors and it just like kind of reality set in and i said okay like it's time for me to move on it's time for me mm-hmm. to it's time for me to grow up instead of doing an extra year did you have any any like kind of experience of that especially being at the level you were with the type of nba players you were around yeah so you know again i think and i think it's two things to consider one i was still in grade 10 so like my whole mind was i still got time right so that piece um but then on the on the back end it was like yeah i'm there with the nba players so i'm seeing the talent Mm. level and okay i'm saying all right i'm not really stacking up 100 percent but I still got time, but definitely, you know, I think in grade nine, when I left, it's like, all right, I'm for sure D1, probably a high major D1. Mike can crack the league. I got a chance to crack the league. Even like I was ranked like grade nine in the States. I was ranked like a couple sites. For sure. Yeah. I was ranked like top 25 and, you know, in, in the U S right. So I was kind of, it was, it wasn't like a a fire shooting dream to say, I'm gonna go to the NBA. Um, but then again, once I kind of get there and, you know, not playing as much and then the next year leaving, you know, and I'm, I'm always a reality guy. Like I, I sit in my brain a lot around what I can do and how I can make shit happen. 
Um, so a little bit of it started to sink in, like, all right, Trey, it might not happen. Right, and a little bit of that dealt and, and things like that. I, I remember my first year I was getting calls from, you know, Indianas, and you know, these are like real calls from Tom Crean and, and other coaches. Um, and then, you know, the next year coming back to Canada, you know, not having no offers and, and like really trying to, you know, make that shit happen. So definitely that, a little bit of that reality started to seep in there. I think, um, and I had like different spells. So then like the next year I would, when I came back to Canada, I'd make Team Canada. Yeah. Like, oh, shoot, okay, I'm, I'm playing a big role on this team, and mm-hmm. okay, maybe there is some light there, right? And then after that, I, I play AAU. I kill my AAU year, 17U, and then I sign to Loyola. I'm like, all right, Loyola's low major, mid, mid-major, mid I guess, but some guys have made it from there. Um, so, I can, again, to, to sum it up, my full dream didn't really shoot dead until, like, my second year of university. I'm like, yeah, there's no no shot at all. Right. really figure out what's next right um yeah yeah go ahead go ahead why so there's two i got a couple questions um before we move on um first one is you went from north preston mm-hmm. to pickering to huntington mm-hmm. within like what like that's three big moves right yeah 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 that, that did that like I don't know if everybody listening knows, but like from my experience and my understanding from teammates and people that I've met within the community, North Preston's a really tight knit community. It's mm-hmm. kind of a, um, you know, like you guys have your own style, your own culture, everything. Mm-hmm. Was, it, mm-hmm. was it was it challenging to go to Toronto? Like, was it was the culture the same? And then and then to move to Huntington, like just boom, like yo, we need you down here tomorrow. Come. Yeah, yeah. No, super challenging, man. And I think you know the first piece I want to mention is. Again, I'm I'm young. I'm 14, right? And I I would I I was super mature. So like my mom wouldn't let me go unless she knew. But like from 12, I was, you know, mm-hmm. here I was doing stuff that was mature. And she's like, you know, he can handle it. Um, but again, you know, those three jumps are three complete different cultures, uh, and you know they happen in such a quick amount of time. And you know, you you say you said something real cool with on the episode of Peanut. It's just like the simple fact of like accent. So like. I went from a down-home North Preston accent mm-hmm. to these Toronto guys being like, yo, why you sound American, right? Like, you know, simple question of what's your background? I'm like, what do you mean with my background? I'm from North Preston, Scotia. It's like, nah, but like, where's your family from? It's like, Scotia. It's like, they don't understand that in 400 years we've been in Nova Scotia. I'm not from the islands or shit, right? And then, you know, certain words. Um, so like, I then, I'm like, okay, if I want to communicate with these people, I got to change my accent, right? So like that challenge, and I come back home for Christmas and my my homies in the in North Preston like yo why are you talking, mm. you know so like that piece and I was like shit, and I had to then realize and I I had a lot of like, you know conversation with myself like am I being fake of like when I'm with these guys I speak like this or not but then you know you really hit on the head it's like only way I can communicate with them is through the same terms we know it's not that I'm switching my accent or anything I'm only speaking to them how they can understand yeah. right so so that piece. So, again, you know, going from down home, North Preston to Toronto, dealing with, you know, that culture shift and adapting because I'm pretty adaptable. And, like, you know, I'm I'm cool with people. I can meet people. I can mingle with people. And then going to the States, it was the same thing. I'm not only to any state. I'm going to West Virginia, right? And, you know, West Virginia Mountain Mama is really like that. Like, (laughs) it's really people coming to class with full-on camo suits and drinking moonshine and, Right. So like I had to really adapt to that. But, you know, that piece, luckily, I was there with seven other Canadians 
So, you know, we really had a little, you know, we all, we all had a home there and we, we could still talk how we would talk there and different stuff. Right. But True. yeah, super, super adapting and, you know, doing that in such a quick time, just prepare me for the rest of my life. Now, man, I can go anywhere and I can. Right. That's, that uh, adaptability is a skill. And we mm -hmm. always talked about, uh, like ver being versatile and, and, and having to adapt to your environment in order yeah. to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. it, and I think by you going away at such a young age and that, and even, even for me, I see it myself, it just, gives yeah. us, it allows us, it, it exposes us to the importance of that skill at a young age. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So um, I always think, think that piece of myself for sure. Um, the, the other question I kind of had from what you, what we talked about just to start off is I, I never played basketball in Nova Scotia ever. Um, mm -hmm. Why is it that every, everyone has to go outside of Nova Scotia to make it somewhere? Like why doesn't basketball in Nova Scotia have a coach that has connections or, mm -hmm. Or uh, a leader in in their in their midst that can get talk to a coach that's in Ontario that's mm -hmm. like yo, we have this these great players here. We yeah. don't got to send them away to like why why doesn't Nova Scotia have uh, I don't know a system where you know we're developing players without having to send away all of our talent. It's the same mm -hmm. same ideas as why do young people leave Nova Scotia to go make money and go yeah go, you know what I mean like why. Yeah. I, I don't know, Tristan, you both can comment. I have no idea. I've never, it bothers me. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's a heavy question. There's a lot of factors. Um, you know, I think the first thing that comes to my head is one, you know, you look at Toronto five, six, seven years ago. It was saying the same thing was happening. I had to leave. Guys, Andrew Wiggins had to leave. Um, you know, that piece. And I think the, the piece around it was one opportunity, um, two, like coaches didn't really take Canada serious and Toronto mm -hmm. serious um three competitions a factor too so like True. you know the guys I was playing with here you know weren't really I wasn't going to get to my best if, if I didn't leave at that point right gotcha. um so I think the shift now with Toronto you're seeing the MPA league and you know Jamal Murray stayed in Canada Thom, you know the the pool has built up and it's been enough guys gone to the league now that coaches know shoot we got to come to Toronto and see Right. Mm -hmm. um, so now Nova Scotia, I think Nova Scotia is in the place that Toronto was five, seven years ago. We got we got talent. Now yeah. it's just going to take that next piece, um, you know, for, for people to start coming over here. A couple of guys. And we're seeing some of the shift, Halifax prep. And, and now it's going to take more of that, more of those type of things that one having the, the system where the players can play here and compete. And then the other pieces, like you said, the, the coaches with connection. It would take like a guy like me that I met all these different coaches, right. all these different places to then work with no like i don't know the bns guy now but i'm sure he's never been to AAU right. tournaments or talked to any u.s coaches or anything right so no offense to whoever that guy is um yes. but yeah it would take someone like myself who has those connections to put in place and be like all right here's all the guys we got making sure they're they're at their best you know best training whatever and then just re plugging them out reaching them out right but for sure because yeah. for me it's frustrating to see like you and and uh, Tristan, even you going away, Nate, yeah. like all these great, talented players. Because mm -hmm. then it's almost as if like the, the, their identity, I'm not saying it's stripped from them, but it's, 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 it's just like, okay, they're no longer, they have to, they're not in Scotian anymore. They're, exactly. they're an aerial basketball player. And then mm -hmm. the only, uh, just not good enough. The only exactly. way they 
people find out is like when they meet their parents or they talk to them they're like wait you're not from ontario like you're mm-hmm. from where's nova scotia like what exactly. is exactly i get so that all the time right especially for me i lived there and you know i adapted to the culture so people identify me as a pickering guy i'm like yo i'm right. definitely not these guys i'm from yeah. north preston you google it right, right. but it had to take for them to get to know me because when I played basketball, Pickering was on my chest. But you had to get to know me and meet my parents to know, okay, shoot, this guy is a whole different. And his culture, where he's from, is way different than this place, right? So sure. that's a major point for sure. And it, and, and it, it, it can be a little difficult for players because I, I'm sure – I remember T-Bear used to play with a St. Pat's jersey mm-hmm. under his St. of X jersey all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure, like, when you were playing for Pickering, you wished that, that it said, like, North Preston Bulls. Exactly. Well, exactly. Like, Yo, this is a this is a North Preston player in Ontario. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But you don't get. That's the thing that bothers me, and I understand there's a process, like you said, and networking mm-hmm. and having. I just it's just something that came up based on the the topic that we're on. It's it's uh. It's definitely it, it definitely takes a progression because um, even me growing up in Truro, I think mm-hmm. kind of answer your question. It's because Nova Scotia. And even Canada in general was always hockey, 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 hockey. Yeah, yeah. Never very prominent. And so the best way I describe it is me growing up in a town like Churro, it's even more hockey. Like it's yeah. like nobody's playing basketball. And I remember having talks when I was in junior high about moving to the city, live with my uncle so I can go to Citadel and play basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just that's a parallel in the fact that it depends how high you want to go. And if, if we're shooting dreams for division one or NBA yeah. or pro, you need to even get out of, out of Nova Scotia. Like I would have had to get out of Churro. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just all about talent level. Yeah. Um, and, and how high you want to, how high you want to go. That's a good point for sure. Um, Navelle, um, when you were in Huntington, I just, re- I remember like you talking about all like hoop mixtape was there. You mm-hmm. guys like, you guys had like vlogs behind the scenes, day in the life, um, and I remember watching one in particular of like there was there was a huge emphasis of like the weight room, mm. and especially with like top of the food chain and Will's Will's passion for the, for fitness. Um, did that have have any impact on like your love for fitness? Like I remember you doing push ups all the time. Mm-hmm. You were you were you were on the grind. Like yeah. Did that stem from there, or was that something that stemmed as as a kid? Um, I think you know, as a kid, it definitely you know, my uncle, um, he's like one of the fittest guys I know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's been that way forever and always. My mom says I re- I remind her a lot of him. I think that's one a blood thing because um, I I he grew up and he lived in Toronto when I grew growing up, so I didn't really know him. But you know, I think that fitness piece kind of you know was instilled through that. Um, but then. When I got to Huntington, I think it definitely went to the next level. It's like, all right. Because before then, it was just like, you know, for fun, I wanted to have abs. I was a chubby kid growing up, right? right. So I was pretty chubby, and kids in school call me chubby, and I'm a top-of-the-food-chain guy, so I don't want to be lacking in no area ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I heard that, I'm like, hell no, I got to figure this shit out. So I started running before school and, you know, doing push-ups and all that shit, just one, trying to get in shape and have some abs to, you know, kids not trying to make fun of me. Um <laughs> But you know that piece. But then, once I got to Huntington, now I seen another level guy named Chris Lane. That was our our, our fitness coach, freaking Jack Rip guy, t-shirt, a medium shirt, looking like an extra small guy. Um, but you know, once I got there and kind of seen the 
the impact fitness had on sports. Um, you know, we were doing box jumps, and then I started doing friggin' dunks. I could never was never a guy to consider even dunking, right? And deadlifts, and just seeing the impact. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this this shit this shit is serious. And then the other piece, um, once I got to the states, it's a whole different food now. Like everything's ingrained, and you know, is and still is. Um, I lost a word, but everything got steroids and all kind of different shit. So, right, right, and it's right. just so much more options. Like I put on a little more weight than. Then I, and I thought, and I, I remember that chubby kid, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, I can never get back there again. Then I went to, like, super next level. Like, all right, I'm, that's where the smooth fitness yeah. and all that stuff came about. Because I'm like, you know, I got to be, I'm, I'm going to get ripped, right? And so, and so clearly you already have, like, an entrepreneurial personality because even just, just to hear your brain thinking that way of mm. your own experience and I'm chubby, and now it's time for me to lock in. Oh shit! Other people are probably like me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This stuff, like, Will, you want to add something? Uh, well, I was gonna say two things. We always talk about um, what well, we said the other day. Like, when you think of the food chain, like I was telling Tristan the other day, like when you th- when you think of like the animal planet and like animals and stuff, like nobody wants to be like. Not to say that mm-hmm. you can't be or they're not you know they don't have uh you know things that other other animals don't have but mm-hmm. everybody wants to be that lion or yeah you know i mean when they when they see you that you don't want to be like the what's the guy from the lion king the the two little uh, uh what are they? Pumba. yeah yeah, yeah. Pumba. 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 nobody wants everybody yeah. wants to be the lion king they don't want to be exactly Pumba. exactly um, but no but uh i was gonna ask you had mentioned when you got to huntington this is a little bit separate from the fitness aspect but mm-hmm it ties into the entrepreneurship. Um, you said like, you kind of, you kind of got taken care of a bit. You were getting, you were being taken care of Jordans and beats. Mm-hmm. Once that started, like when you, cause you say like, um, you know, you didn't come from like a super rich family or anything like mm-hmm. that. Did, did that like, was that when it hit you? We were like, I want to be able to like, you know, be able to do this for when I have kids, like I want to be able to buy them Jordans like, like that. And, mm-hmm. and or even, or even be able to take care of your community, like by being successful and, and giving back to kids like you mm-hmm. with su- being successful as a as an entrepreneur, yeah, uh, being that like did that have an impact on you starting your businesses in a sense? Um, I think I think for me it it was before that you know one one of the reasons I think you know I'm always a guy who my why so when I talked about writing down why going to the MBA at 13 I also wrote down why and the why was because I want to take care of my community I had dreams and visions about building swimming pools in the hood and, you know, building basketball courts and, you know, mm-hmm. just basically, and this is like 13, right? You know, and one of the reasons why, again, I wanted to do that is, you know, you guys know North Preston, there's a lot of stigma, you know, yeah. all I ever seen growing up was pimps and drug dealers. And, you know, those are the guys that had money and I wanted to have money like that, but I didn't want to do that. I mm-hmm. had brothers who, you know, showed me, nah, there's another way and a better way for you. So, the reason why I wanted to go to the NBA was to make money to build swimming pools in the hood and you right. know, take care of the community, right? So that piece, again, that that was stuff kicking in at 13. That still exists today with, with my businesses. That's why we hire in the community. That's why, you know, all the stuff we do. One of the mantras I have is fail 100 mil. Like, you know, one of my goals in life is to make $100 million. And it's not $100 million to buy Bugattis and chains and animals. I don't really have any lust for that. It's is to take care of my community, to help and as many people as I can open businesses. I want to send 100 kids from, you know, my community to college. So, like, all that stuff. And, again, you know, that piece, 
um, wasn't really from Huntington. That's shit that's been, and I can trace that back to my parents and my grandparents. You know, that's again seeing how they live. My dad is a founder of North Preston Bulls. You know, a lot of the work he's done in his life has been for the community without, you know, getting anything back. So all that shit comes from from a deeper, deeper place for sure. And and when you were thirteen, you were just using the tool like the tools that you had in order to get there because of your why. Like when you were thirteen, it was basketball. Exactly. But as reality sets in, you're like, okay, maybe maybe I can't reach this goal of using mm-hmm. basketball to bring on bring this this uh, this money. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to use this, right? And it's just exactly constant. It's a constant change and awareness of what are the tools around me that's going to help. Awareness. That's the word. That's the word. When I when I first start, when I first like, all right, I want to do it. It's like, okay, what do I see around me? I see pimps. I see drug dealers. Okay, that's not going to be it. Well, next thing I seen is basketball players. I only seen black guys on TV playing basketball. I didn't see no doctors in my community or you know mm-hmm. lawyers or or I didn't see business owners. Right. Mm-hmm. But okay, now I go along the basketball world, and this is the part of basketball being a vehicle. You know, with Team Canada, I traveled across the world. I went to Loyola, prominent university. So now my vision opened up of what can be, right? So I went and studied finance. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a stockbroker. I, mm-hmm. I watched Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, that's where I'm going to get it. And mm-hmm. then as I continue to go along life, it's like, shoot, nah, entrepreneurship, businesses. That's where, you know, money is really Steve Jobs. Those are the trillionaires and billionaires of the world. Mm-hmm. And you made you made it a huge point. It's just that piece of, um, what was the word you use? Um constant awareness constant exactly awareness my yeah. awareness grew my awareness can, grew can you speak on uh i remember being at the the last home game for you guys this year and i, I was unaware of uh your accomplishments in terms of school and business and everything um and and we touched on this with bear a bit is that i don't know why but it's kind of what you said about like television and mm-hmm. movies show um, almost like black Nova Scotians or Canadians they only show them successful as in sports or mm-hmm. they don't it's it's almost as if guys like you that when when these awards are, are awarded these these prestigious you know business awards you can touch on what they are after mm-hmm. it's almost like it's like kind of like overshadowed by like okay but like that's not the NBA or yeah not hearing him on he's not jordan croucher singing for on canada you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it, like there is that stigma that almost like oh you you're only successful unless you know you know I, it's it's weird it's to me because that's something that you that should be like in the paper like that should yeah because that is there anybody from north preston that's been ever awarded like you know what i mean or or yeah know? yeah you know like you like awarded like in terms of business or or well what you what you uh, were like what, just talk about what you um uh, the the accomplishments you had mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean this year um has been a lot of different you know awards. I can name a few. One, you know, I won the Young Entrepreneur of the of the Year award for um for for the Atlantic. Um, I won the Entrepreneur of the Year at St. Mary's. I won. Um, a few other that I can, but just basically a lot of like, this guy's a young entrepreneur and he's the best in in Atlantic region. And I also won like top ten in Canada. Um, so just a lot of awards and recognition for my entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, you know, the business we Smooth Meal Prep we did like two hundred thousand in our first year mm-hmm. in sales. So 
you know, some some pretty cool stuff. Um, and you know, impressive. Point, yeah, Very yeah, impressive. For sure, for sure. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And to your point, same goes with me. Like when I was a basketball player and developed a ball player, you know, I'm getting calls from reporters every other week. Like it was right. like a, a regular thing for me to be on the phone. I had a spiel of like, hey, can you send us this? I would just email the same thing back to the reporters. Uh-huh. I had a spiel when they call and things like that. Um, and that was when I was in the States and shit like that. When I came to SMU, slowed down a bit. But the first like year I was here, we were having guys come into practice, you know, just Novell Provo back, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, so now when I, now I'm over here, you know, I had a few, I, I have had a few, you know, front page things and stuff with, with the business, but definitely a lot less. And I think, you know, the piece of that, and I don't, I don't think that's just a black Nova Scotian thing. I think that's a, a world thing. You know, you guys know a guy by the name of, I think it's Myron Roll. You probably don't, but he's Sounds a, familiar. He's, Sounds a familiar. he's a neuro, he's a neurosurgeon that went yeah. to Harvard. He played in the NFL for two years. Yeah, I and remember. Then he left the NFL. Now he's a yeah. freaking neuro, neurosurgeon, one of the best in the world, right? But this is a name that we don't know, but we know. You probably know 20 rappers. I can name 50 rappers. Right. And 100 NBA players. I can name you the fifth man on the friggin' Spurs right now, right? Sure. But I can't name five black neurosurgeons or five black lawyers or you know, anything of that sort. And again, I don't even really think that's always a black thing. Like, you probably can't name 10 white neurosurgeons, but you can name maybe yeah. 10 NHL players, right? Right. So I think it's that piece around sports are just cooler. Sports are, are sexier. You know, the issue for black people are... We're 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 f can we swear on here? Yeah, I don't care. Where it messes up, I'll say mess. Where it messes us us up is that, you know, in my community, I don't see anything. So like, all I see is what's on TV. So all I see is basketball and rappers. And then my community, all I see is pimps and drug dealers. You mm-hmm. guys, and not not to stigmatize you guys, but a white person in their community might see their uncle might be a doctor, their their cousin might be their no, we know, someone in their family might own businesses. Right. So they see more. They don't see it on TV, but they see it around them. Right. So our issue is we're not seeing it on TV and it's not around us. So that's where the you know, all we, I, I can only be what I see. And we, de- we definitely talk about that because it's, it's a reoccurring theme. And it's and it's obviously I've been aware of it before, but having having these conversations has def- definitely brought it to the forefront. I'd be like, damn, mm-hmm. this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But but something that comes up with it, and when we kind of ask the the artificial question of how do we fix this, it's just like your answer to how do we get Nova Scotia on the map for yeah. for someone to take us serious when it comes to basketball. Like it, it's it's just going to take a generational change where mm-hmm. someone like you comes across mm-hmm. and becomes it's, a community leader, right? Exactly. On, on that note, is do you find pushback? Like, because I know. Like, is, is there any, is there any like conflict between kind of what you're doing um, and trying to like, you know, go, go down like a, like a, you know, say a proper path in terms of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and not, not entering the pimp game or, or mm-hmm. drugs. Like, do you find any, is everything like positive in, in the community? Like, is um, it, essentially my asking, what I'm asking is, mm-hmm. is, is what you're talking about, like the issue, is that a self is that a community issue for you guys to fix or does like do does all Nova Scotia have to do their part in terms of fixing that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good question. I think with that, you know, it's, it's a lot of pieces to that for sure. Um, I think there's it's a community issue and a, 
and the Nova Scotia issue as well. Like they kind of play hand in hand. Uh, you know, first to your first question, the piece of the conflict, you know, a lot of my conflict was internally. Um, mm. You know, all of my friends were, were pimps and, you know, not all of them. Some of my friends were involved in, in, in shit. And I'm at school at Loyola waiting on my next meal card to get a meal, or right? I can't eat without my meal plan, right? I, you know, I can't get a new pair of shoes till we get our, our, our cost of a, our, our attendance checks, right? So that shit, and I'm seeing, but I'm on my Snapchat, I'm seeing my homie who I used to play ball with at 13. He got a new Benz, he got brand new forces every day. So like that internal conflict, like, fuck, man. Like, I thought I did the right thing, but look, he's looking, he's looking pretty right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that piece of just internally, internally, and just constantly. And these are, and these are things that other like, sort of interrupt. You're, I'm gonna let you keep going. Mm-hmm. These are things that like, um, kids that maybe from the south end, they don't. That's not an internal battle that they deal with. No, no way in hell. They're they're going with their dad and in their dad's bends to to the mm-hmm. game and taking mm-hmm. their friend or their friend's dad is taking them in a Volkswagen or Mercedes. Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So these are. These are issues that people might be listening and being like, "What? Like, what's this guy talking about?" Like, exactly. A lot of people have never had to deal with that, and that's a very, mm-hmm. that's a strong battle that people can never understand unless you're yeah. actually in that situation. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Rough, but no, no I appreciate that perspective, Hughes, because you know I don't often give, uh, you know, lay. I don't often give you know attention to that other side of perspective. Like, yeah, like a lot of people can't even understand that, mm-hmm. right? And I think you know to, to touch on that quick before I get back is. You know, the piece of a lot of reasons why, you know, young black guys are so flashy. And so when they finally get some money, they got all the chains on and people want to pay their rent, but will buy chains and have all these nice cars. It's because we never had it, right? You know, right. from someone from the South, and yeah, their parents had a Benz. They lived in a nice home. They always had the new stuff. So when they got money, it doesn't really matter to them. They're going to do something right with it, right? They might invest or, you know, do something else. For us, it's like, shit, I ain't never had this, but I always seen it on TV. Frig, I got money, I'm going to go blow it, right? So that's a, and that's a whole nother conversation, but but that piece for sure around the perspective. Um, and then, you know, to, to, to tie back into, you know, what we're doing, what we can do to fix it, I, I think, you know, a big part of it is me, you know, and, and people like me. So yeah. that's why, you know, a lot of shit I do, I try to be super open and super on social media and super like, mm-hmm. Look at me, not in a like brag way, but look at me, little homie in the hood who I'm uh, from where you from. You know, I came from the same situation, but here's where I'm at now. Here's how I'm doing. And I'm still cool as shit. It's not nerdy. I'm not like, sure, you know, sure. I'm no nerd kind of guy. Like, yeah, I can still talk to girls. I can still wear nice clothes. I can yeah. still do everything that you thought is cool. And then I can still uh, go to Toothy and drink with you. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm building something. But I can, enter the bu- I can enter the business realm and talk to talk to so-and-so that exactly Esther I need a, a client and I can mm-hmm. I can communicate with them exactly rather than come off as I, I don't even know how you come off but you know what I'm thinking yeah come off the way you're not supposed to come off right yeah and and yeah. also to that point too is that what you're saying too is like listen I had the goal of being an NBA player like I, I shot mm. for it but I also I also understood that there's other ways of being successful yeah. the, the, the chances of everybody from one community going to the NBA or being a musician are minuscule. Super. Especially, especially like you said, in terms of where, where we at, are at mm-hmm. in sports and, and maybe music in Nova Scotia. So that's even mm-hmm. another exactly another st- step to overtake. So it's like what you're saying is like, look at me. 
you can be you can do whatever you want yeah you mm-hmm. put your mind to it and you got to believe in yourself and, mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to step outside your community maybe to 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 go to go grow exactly doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're 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 changing up it just means that you're going to experience some other shit and mm-hmm. and, and grow from it mm-hmm. Navelle, t- t- tell us tell us a little bit about the uh because you just said you're open to showing people a lot of stuff on social media tell us tell us the relationship uh with the little girl that, that you've been putting up on your story about um i think she's a boxer and she's she's like she said yo i want to i want to compete in the olympics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you you were trying to get it get at her and be like yo I, i'm gonna ask her a crazy question that, that yeah i have the answer about and, and you asked her why why do you want to do this why are you doing doing all this just mm-hmm. tell us a little yeah. bit about that story yeah so so that's my niece actually and in, in small world um she, he, she's the daughter of Tyler Richards, God bless her soul. Um, you know, Saint of X legend, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that just shows how small the world is. But, you know, with her, so she's a swimmer. So she wants She's a to, swimmer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a swimmer. She's a swimmer. I heard she's, a, um, I heard she's a crazy swimmer. She's crazy. She's like one of the top in Nova Scotia, right? And, and for her age, she's broken records and, you know, she's doing all these great things. Um, but the piece with her is she don't want to stop. So, again, you know, she's my niece and... Her mom is doing all that she can to, you know, her mom's not an athlete, never was an athlete. Um, so doing all she can, just taking her to all her meets and, and you know, doing all that stuff. Um, so, you know, her mom reached out to me or she asked her mom because she knows, you know, my athletic background and things of that sort. And I'm just moving back. So, like, I have I've kind of been kind of disconnected from her for a bit. So she asked her mom if I can, you know, go running with her, you know. So automatically, once I heard that, I'm like, all right, it's a 12-year-old. She's already great at her sports naturally but mm-hmm. she wants to she's reaching out to me to to go running um so we started running we've been going like you know twice a week um so you know i remember the first kind of run i'm just testing her out seeing how she's going and she's not breaking a sweat she's in better shape than me in terms of running and i'm like holy shit like all right so at the end of the run, i'm like i'm not gonna let her get out this easy after we just did a long run we're gonna do some hills so i just gotta really test how how uh much of a pusher she is so we did the hills. She, she's pushing. She's pushing. Um, and, you know, me, I'm a big – the mind is, is, is everything to sports. So, like, I've, I've read the most sports psychology books and all this shit. So now I'm digging into her mind. I want to see where – I already tested the physical. She got that A+. Plus. Foundation. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So now i got to test where, where her brain is at, you know, how, how she kind of thinks. Um, and just, yeah, I'm throwing different questions at her, and everything is coming back you know, the way it's put. So then one of the ones that really stood out that I put up, you know, I asked her, um, we'll go back to that why. I saw like, my why, North Preston. I asked her, what, what's, you know, why do you want to be, um, why do you, or first I asked her, what's your goal? She told me Olympics. I'm like, shit, all right, <laughs> that's real. You know, I'm expecting, oh, I don't really know, or maybe I want to make my team next year. Like, she's, you know, she's, I see myself at 13, 12, shooting for the NBA draft, you know, she's thinking 10 years ahead. Um, so then I, I started digging more. I asked her why she wants to go to Olympics. And again, I'm thinking, oh, I want to make my friends proud. Maybe I want to make my mom proud. Right. You know, but, but she hit me with, I want to make my community proud, North Preston. And the reason why I want to do that is because of stuff we talked about. I, I, we get a bad rep and I really want to show us as, as being good, essentially. Like that was, those are the words she spoke. Um, so for me to hear that, it's like, okay, you know, she she really understands 
on a deeper level. You know, that why is, is pushing me to this, this point. That's, that could be the main thing I attest to if you want to call my life success to this point is like that why. That's, that's what pushes me through waking up in the morning and, you know, working harder than anyone else is, is that piece. You know, I'm doing this for something bigger than myself. Right. So once I heard that, I'm like, yeah, she's whatever it is she wants to do in life, she's going to do. I mean, she might not make it to the Olympics, but after that, she's going to go on and do some 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 super things. Right. So isn't it isn't it so isn't it so crazy how our youth, our young, our young children and, and teens can uh, can inspire us when we're not even when mm. we weren't even expecting it or or you know what I mean? Like just the stories, the type of thing that's like, well, I can't. There's no way you you're thinking like there's no way I can stay at the same level I'm at now. She's no way in hell. Right. No way What's she gonna look at me in two years when she keeps progressing? You know what Come I mean? On, so man, that's, that's, that's exactly it. Like you know, I've started. I've been running every day since then. Like you know, I've been and I haven't been running in a bit. I've been just you know business and I haven't been on my fitness as I has been. But just from that, like I'm like you know what? From when she wanted to run, I had to up my level. But mm. now that is like my why just just sealed deeper like this is a 12 year old girl who, girl who has no i mean i can say she has no understanding of nothing but clearly she does but you know that piece really yeah man super inspiring mm-hmm. exactly exactly will uh anything anything else you're, you're, you you want to touch on before we uh i i there was something i was gonna say um i'm just looking at my questions right now sorry that's good man like I, I'm just happy, and it seems like this episode just like we answered the call, and boom, we're just we're just in it. And no, no, for sure. I just think that's uh, a testament to the kind of person you are as a community leader, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's not not necessarily when these issues come up, but definitely the way that uh, North Preston is perceived, especially for like Will and I. Will and I have been not struggling, but the thought. The thought definitely comes up when we're having these interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. People look at us, and, and we're we're two white males. We're we're mm-hmm. the privileged human beings that that can come up, and so like, it's not that we're afraid that we're coming off a, in a certain light, but mm-hmm. it's, I think it's just so interesting and, and so rewarding and gratifying yeah. to have conversations um, that are transparent and real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was no, going to exactly. touch on, um, we, we spoke to a guy, uh, from Ontario. He's, he's in education. He actually finished education. I believe David, mm-hmm. David, he's done right. Tristan. Uh, Dave, yeah, David's a teacher. He, he played ball one year with me at X. So one, one topic we talked about, I think is quite relevant to, especially, especially what you said earlier about the North, North Preston kind of, um, like kind of like swagger and, and culture is that, your slang, right? Like you guys mm-hmm. have kind of a, I want to say own language, but <laughs> I can't even lie. Like I remember talking to Dorico in high school, um, Lindell's older brother, and there's yeah, sometimes yeah. I wouldn't even understand what he was saying to me, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but in terms of the business world and educational side of things, um, mm-hmm. it's one of those questions where I'm like, kind of what you touched on. Are you are you changing up? Are you are you? I don't know how to say like laying laying down to the man by, by speaking proper English or, or per se, mm-hmm. like in mm-hmm. terms of progressing into society and the business world, like, is there a, is there a struggle in terms of trying to, I don't know, is there easy, do people even find that? Like, is it like, 
you know what? Are you, do you see what no, I'm I, 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 I see you putting down 100%, right? And, um, you know, the, the first piece is like, so for me, I, I dealt with this since early on, 10. I, I played hockey, so I played AAA hockey as well. Um, a lot of people that don't know that for, for the Cole Harbor Red Wings. So, again, you know, I would. Well, so man, that's crazy. I um Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, the Red Wings, right? But so I never even really thought about this way. You know, I dealt with that. Remember the transition I said of from North Preston to Huntington to I dealt with that in hockey. So I went from North Preston to Cole Harbor, kids from mm. Cole Harbor and Lawrencetown. And so I went from your yeah, man, what you them saying to yo, bro, let's fucking rip one, you know, like yo, bro, let's top shelf, you know, like and I had to play in that medium like okay i'm not trying to talk like that that's too far but they're not gonna understand you man so i had to mm-hmm. make that you know bridge that gap um and then i would come back you know to the hood and as i'm starting to read and learn more okay i'm starting to talk a little better english like my mom would get mad at me for saying you girl and stuff like she wants me to speak english right so then one of the things people always say you're talking white and i used to be real self-conscious like i ain't never trying to talk white around my homies and as I get older, it's like, okay, well, well first of all, what the hell is talking white? Right. <laughs> is English talking white? First of all, English comes from, I guess it comes from England. White people are from England. But reality, yeah. proper English is not white. Like, you know, you guys don't own proper English. Exactly. Right? So, so that it's piece a language. Around, it's a language. You know, if I'm talking French, there's different dialects, there's different 100%. ways you can speak French. There's even yeah. different ways you can speak English. Right? So there's no proper way. To speak so that you know that's the first assertion that you know we i really try to come across and, and lay down is like there's no proper way however same thing as communication when i'm in the the room the other other week i met with um the ceo of supplement king the founder roger king um i was like okay i'm not going to speak to him how i would speak to my homies at a party who who we grew up and we know these words i'm gonna speak to him on his level you know and i'm, I'm feeling his level as i come speaking to you guys I'm speaking to you on the level we can communicate with. Not this, it's not too proper. It's not. It's just where we can communicate. Yeah. So it's really that piece of no hell no. It's not no. It's no laying down. It's no. It's none of that. It's, I'm communicating with the person how I can communicate. I'm trying to get my my thoughts and and you know words across. If I go to speak French, I got to speak French. I can't speak English, right? So it's just that piece of of communicating simply, right? I just, I just, I just want, like, it's just one of those things that comes across my, my mind because on Facebook, social media, I see, you, you see just a bunch of different stuff sometimes, right? You see mm-hmm. people like, I'm not, and I, there's nothing like in particular that I'm pointing out to, but like you see, like talking about culture and we have to like yeah. maintain our culture and our grip on, we can't let like society take everything away. But this was a big topic for me was education and, and, mm-hmm and um, communication and it's just one of those things that like especially with with your community how it is and how you guys like you said how you, there's that little slang and stuff is mm-hmm. like telling a kid like yo it's okay to to be able to like talk to somebody else a different way exactly like, me it was similar in terms of going to x and meeting guys from ontario is the same thing learn how to that mm-hmm. same, they had their own little slang that you, you had to get used to kind of you didn't have to but it's easier to communicate at first right mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. It, it kind of ties into what T Bear was saying about culture, right? There's the hockey culture. There's yep. football culture. There's North Preston culture. There's South End, you know, St. Mm-hmm. Mary's white. I don't even know white, but just South End culture, right? Just yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I would even argue that as, as, as important as education is, I would say experience is just as important because that's what, that exposes you to the, the various number of different cultures. Mm-hmm. And it challenges you to adapt and, commu- and to, to best communicate with someone else. It just, exactly. it's just, it's really interesting to me because like how you said, like some of your friends might be like, yo, like you're talking white. Mm-hmm. Same, it's the same thing I said to like, to white guys that might say yeah. like, use rap, you rap slang. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like why are you trying to be from like North Preston or the square yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, it's, it's not even that it's, it's, you're, you're looking at this like really closed mind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. So it's interesting to hear you say that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that that stuff usually comes from closed-minded people. And I think, again, the only way to open that, you got to open your mind. And how do we do that? Education, experiences, you know, Traveling. seeing different cultures, right? So, yeah, that that's a challenge. How do we fix that here, right, is, is the piece. And that, that's a lot of stuff there. Um, there, there was a question in my uh, Insta that said, uh, is, your, is, your, is your dad uh, Putty? Putty? Yeah, Putty, can, Putty can, the can, mayor. Can, can you dance like him? Uh, uh, this is a tough one. I, I try, I try to get him a couple times, but he just got different. It's the feet. So I, I, here's what I learned with him. If you, if you ever seen him dance, you know his feet moving and shit. And I learned it's the shoes, right? So I'm going in there trying to dance with Air Forces. I can't Stick. move my feet like that. It's sticking. But he got these slick friggin' slippery okay. shoes on, sliding all over the floor. But I'm getting there. I, I used to, maybe three years ago I could get him, but because I had a little, you know, Harlem shakes and Millie rocks and stuff, and he's still yeah. stuck in the in the seventies. Um, but no, he he got the he got the juice. I can't get him. It's it's the confidence. It's it's the confidence. yeah. That's that's it. Man, it's all confidence, man. Break it down. Man's is flexible. I seen the splits multiple. Man, he's crazy. Imagine being his son sitting there, and you got your dad out there in that's a big right. pink yeah. suit. Freaking doing the splits. <laughs> As got, I got, I'm used to it now, but it's yeah. just like at first, like what the hell, man? Don't kill me. Man, uh, it's crazy. You know, always kind of end off these uh, these conversations with a with a simple question because it's the top of the food chain podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does top of the food chain mean to you, and how does it apply in your everyday life? Yeah, man, top of the food chain is is, is huge for me. As a matter of fact, I need a couple of shirts and, and sweaters if they, if they drop them. Mm. But, you know, just the whole, so I'm a guy, I, that's what I do. Like, I, I watch animals a lot, and I always, like, reference animals. Because, first of all, I try to tell people, yo, we're animals. Like, as much <laughs> as we think we're not, we're in the friggin' earth, in the ecosystem, with we're just another animal. So people really kind of m- miss that point of we're animals. Um, so, man, when it comes to a lot of shit, when it comes to sex, when it comes to females, when it comes to, I watch how animals do it, and I, you know, Mm-hmm. And I can get into another conversation, no, like even the male and female hierarchy. And I might, there's some females watching, I might get some, some, some slack for that. But yeah, we got to look at male lions and female lions. They have different roles. So males and females, we aren't equal, not to say one's more important or anything than the other. We just have different roles. Yeah. Um, so shit like that. So then when I tied in the top of the food chain, like I said, from young man, that's, I always wanted to be the best at anything I did whether it was playing hockey, whether it was doing math. So we'd be in class and we had a math. I always wanted to have my hand up first because I wanted to be the best. I hear you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wanted to yeah. answer the question first. I wanted to be the smartest when it came to girls. Even today, I want to have the prettiest girlfriend than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. When I, um, business, I want to have the biggest business. And, you know, I, I try to find a balance of like, 
I guess, ego and not trying to push it too much. But at the same time, too, that's what fuels me, like being the best. So the, the top of the food chain, and you made a great point, it's not always about like, you know, my thing is not putting down no one else or eating up other animals. It's like, you know, I'm at the top and I can bring others to the top with me. But, you know, in that community piece. But for me, man, it's like being on Earth, you know, I factor this out. We only hear it once, literally. Like, and I think people miss that as well. There's no redos. There's no other life after this. So I have no other duty. And the chances of being here are like one in a trillion. So we in a real super spot. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, anything I do, I got to be the best. Because what else is there to do? Right? Right. So that's kind of what. How, how I see it, and I, I can go on that forever, but now the top of the food chain is, is a major shit in my life for sure. I, I respect that, and I think you open it up perfectly with what kind of the brand and what we're getting at is that to get to the top is not to be there, you know, alone with a crowd mm. pointing down like Donald Trump and telling everybody, mm-hmm. you're, you're this, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the greatest. It's, it's to help your community, you know what I mean? It's to help people. Right find lessons and learn learn little things from your path to help them along their path to get to where yeah. you're um and mm-hmm. man it's so it's powerful to hear you say that and to, even to open up and finish with that like i love it man like I, I can't i can't even be more proud of you in terms of like all the things that you've kind of touched on today um mm-hmm. the, the little challenges from traveling and, and coming back home and dealing with friends and family mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Holding, holding uh, successful businesses along the way, you know what I mean? It's, it's really impressive, for real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Uh, Navelle, um, <clears throat> you said that you do finance and, you know, you, you gain a little bit of money. You should invest it and, and not. What, what's a tip for someone who has $100, wants to invest, and uh, doesn't really know the best way to start? Like, give us a little food for thought on this uh, part, on this part. Yeah. I mean, the, the investment piece, um, you know, right now might be a good time to buy. Everything's kind of down. One of the things, um, you know, a good quote from one of the richest investors ever, Warren Buffett is when there's blood in the streets, you know, buy when, when people are scared, you be, when people are fearful, you be greedy. When people are greedy, you be fearful. So always mm-hmm. trying to play against what others are doing. That's the challenge in itself. But for the simplest person, yeah. And first of all, I say, you know, you have to, you got to study, you know, if, if you don't want to study, I see a lot of mm-hmm. people on these Forex and different shit, nothing against all that, but you might as well go take your money to the casino and put it on red down the casino, Nova right. Scotia, right? If you're not, if you're planning on getting money in a week, um, mm-hmm. it's not how the shit works. You got to understand the game. So if you're someone who's serious, here's your tip. But for if you're one of those people, man, go to the casino or pay sure. someone else to invest your money. But for those who really want to learn, and this might turn longer, but I'll keep it short. For those who really want to learn, study the game, grab as much book as you can, um, you know, go go learn the market, understand the economy, how shit works, different right. different markets. Um, but yeah, simply, if you got $100, one thing I would say is average cost buy. Um, and what all that means is people try to predict. So right now, a lot of people are going to try to buy stocks because the price has dropped significantly. So they're going to try to predict the bottom and then buy on the way up. But the issue is, shit can keep going. We don't know. Corona is, we don't know what's going on. So mm-hmm. what you do with then, if you got a hundred dollars, it'd be better if you got 10,000, you know, you're looking for longer. Um, but you take a thousand dollars a week and you keep buying. So like now you're averaging in, you won't catch it at the bottom and it keeps going. You know, you can kind of, you know, understand what I'm saying? So you, 
come and divide it up. Exactly, you divide it up. So now you catch some at ten dollars, you catch some at nine dollars, you catch some at eight, you catch some at eleven, right? As opposed to catching it at ten, then it goes all the way down to six. Now you just lost all your money, right? So Thanks, that's man. that's a little little piece for you there, man. Uh, this is uh this has been episode fifteen. It's been a very gratifying one for myself just to kind of mm-hmm. get face to face with you. But hundred uh, percent. And keep keep doing what you keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Yeah, no, you guys too, man. I was like I said, I was really excited to uh, to come on here just because I knew, you know, athletes and we shared different thoughts and, and I never really sat down with you guys, but I watched the the sure. podcast with Machiko and I'm like, you guys really touching on some real shit. So I knew I was gonna be able to get some real shit. That's why we can get right to it and That's not waste no time, right? So 100%. appreciate you guys for what you guys are doing, man, and and, and keep it up, man, for sure. Bro, all right, stay safe. Yes, yeah, stay safe for yeah, sure. Killing it. I'm coming to get some of that food sometime soon. Uh, I'm doing. I'm, I'm coming. We need a workout in, man. Hopefully, when when things die down, if not, we can get a, a little FaceTime workout in or something. That's right. Okay. All right, guys. All right, Thank bye. you. Yes, All sir. Right.